Welcome to All Dollars No Cents with Josh Altman and Kevin Klein. They put the real in real estate. They said we should never do it again, and we said, nope, it's going to happen. Josh Altman right there, Kevin Klein right here. This is All Dollars No Cents. Thank you for checking us out. The show is continuing to grow, and I believe the last episode we had was our most listened to today. That's exactly how it's yes. supposed to happen. Josh Altman knows a thing or two about hustling, grinding out from the bottom till finally he's picking which Benz he wants to drive around in, which uh, Rolls Royce <laughs> he wants to take out. Sometimes he goes, I don't even know which uh, key this car goes to. Oh, come on, man. You know what we should do? We should change the name of the show for the amount of money that we make doing this show and every episode will will say the new price so right now it's not no it's no dollars right all cents no no dollars no cents no cents. <laughs> <laughs> but we do it because we love it and really i know that uh, and this is one of the things i've learned about you not just as a friend uh known josh's college but uh seeing you on the road speaking you've been crazy busy just me trying to keep up with you even us trying to get together in the same place at the same time to, to do one of these episodes you were every day, it seems like for the last month, been on a, a plane somewhere, in a, in a room somewhere. I see you in a boardroom, you're like in Cincinnati, and then I check again, you're in a boardroom uh, in Texas, and I go, this guy can't stay still. But you kind of, I feel like you get off on spreading the gospel of your story. I got to. I got to spread the love. I got to spread the knowledge. I love uh, inspiring people. Uh, this has been a crazy couple months between the book tour and speaking tours. But yes, I absolutely love it. People say, how do you do it? I said, this is the only thing I'd rather, the only thing I'd want to do, uh, except spend time with my family, of course, which I also do on my free time. But this is it. This is what I do. But you also have the other kid on the way. So you're almost, in some weird way, you're always hustling. But I feel like you've worked in five times as many things into a week now, knowing that when you have the baby, you're going to have to kind of be more L.A.-based for a bit. Yeah, so uh, next couple months, I'm here. Uh, you know, here with Heather and our daughter Lexi, waiting for the baby boy to come. Uh, about five weeks away now, and yes, I'm trying to fit in basically three months into the past <laughs> couple weeks, uh, so I can at least breathe when that does happen and be able to take it all in. And look, a long time ago, I learned that I have to be able to fit in as much work as I typically would have done in the past in three or four weeks into one week. Uh, and that's the only way that I can possibly stay ahead. And and I always say this. I don't look at weekends as weekends. I don't look as at as work weeks as five days. Mm-hmm. Work week, seven days. Let's hey, do it. You've I got said, seven days to accomplish what I need to accomplish. You said on this show before you've never looked at anything like a nine-to-five job because deals close way before nine and way after five. And Well, uh, that and I also was fired from every nine-to-five job that I had. <laughs> uh, so what, however you want to spin it, Kevin. Let me ask you, uh, with all your travels you've been doing lately, uh, I always talk to musicians and they'll say half the time they're about to perform, they have no idea where they even are. They, they know they're going on stage at the last second some roadie <laughs> will say like by the way we're in kansas how often this past uh, couple of weeks did you know where you were so that's so crazy you said that because i haven't even told you this story yet i'm in the dressing room and by the way the dressing rooms in some of these places if i'm in middle america or wherever it is i mean they're just rooms with a mirror and some snacks on the table like it's nothing glamorous right it's not what you think uh and uh, I'm there, and the head of the uh, event, I look at him right as I'm about to get on. I said, okay, which city are we in? Because <laughs> the, the worst thing you want to do is get on stage and say, what's happening in Ohio? And right. you're in a different city. I mean, 
But uh, and you're looking around, hoping maybe there's something before you have to ask. You're like, maybe there's a picture of something. Is there a space needle? Is there the arc? <laughs> the, can I figure it out? But then, but I, I was curious because you were doing so much. I saw you and Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank uh, jetting around on planes. We're going to get into a story, uh, hopefully, in this episode where um, I think you thought maybe that was going to be the end of Josh Altman. You were gonna, you were gonna. Uh, you and Mr. Wonderful had, pr- had, had plane problems, and we'll talk about all of that, a story that you will only hear right here for the very first time. Um, but I was thinking, how can you keep track? Because you're closing deals now not only in L.A., but as you said before, you close deals all over the country and even internationally, you close deals. And then you're speaking in cities as well. At, at any given moment, you're about to hop the stage in one city while closing a deal in another city. It's a lot to keep track of. Uh, plus, through all of that, right, you've got the TV show, you've got this show, you've got your YouTube channel. It's it's a ton of things to try to keep track of. And you're not a good multitasker. I know that from your first book. You've got all sorts of learning problems. <laughs> um, I will tell you something that I called my parents uh, while I was on tour. And I said, hey, you know how cool it is to feel like a rock star on stage? And they're like, yeah, that's great. I said, you want to know what the bad thing is about it that you never hear about? They said, what? I said, getting off stage and having to get yelled at by your clients and go back to normal life. Yeah. So for that like 45 minutes, you feel on another level that I can't even explain unless you've gotten up in front of a crowd before and you know the rush. I mean, I I can compare it to, uh, let's say, when I was running out of the tunnel at Syracuse as a backup kicker. (laughs) But for a second there, you forget you're a backup kicker, right? Did they let you run out of the tunnel? I thought you had had to go in the other entrance. (laughs) Shut up, man. That is not true. I did run out of the tunnel. and uh, uh, Right, you get the glory for that. You run out of the tunnel. Yeah, you forget that you're backup kicker and you're like, oh my God, these these 80,000 thousand people are here for screaming me. for me and, and then uh, and then that's and then just like that it fades away and you sit on the bench hoping that no one spills gatorade on you for the rest of the, the well, game no i was i was basically giving people gatorade that's so, right yeah. that's right <laughs> hope you didn't spill it on yourself so then you've got this moment you get off stage and you check your phone and you go oh this guy's angry this thing didn't pass inspection oh this house may have termites and you got to deal with that and just like that you snap back to reality that's it and on top of it uh yeah, I got a pregnant wife and moving into a new house. Everybody should uh, do construction on a house and have a pregnant wife and time it at the same exact time because uh, it's awesome. <laughs> I got to I got to hear a discussion. Uh, I don't know if you want me to share this, but uh, if not, you'll just tell me afterwards that That's I crossed right. the line. That's all right. My wife knows where you live, and she yeah. has your phone number, and uh, she will yell at you. You, uh, you were talking about uh, moving into the new house, um, and uh, someone said something. She said, oh, the painters are coming the two days after we move in, and then someone made a comment. Well, if you're pregnant, there shouldn't be any painters there and I, and I could just hear the, the move-in getting pushed back further and further oh and, God, and yeah. it was just like what and I can imagine it's every little thing but moving is stressful and you move a lot and I've said this before because I've known you when you lived in a crappy little house across from a 7-Eleven to when you moved I mean to, it wasn't crappy when I was living there I didn't it think was it was nice. crappy no the house was nice why the, you gotta judge my house the street, bro? well because compared to where you've lived for your last four houses that one was crappy <laughs> You live in great houses now, and apparently the one you're, you're moving into or you just moved into. There's, there's no such thing as crappy. There's stepping stones. That's right. Stepping stones. Excuse me. Uh, what do you guys say? Cozy in the real estate world. Yeah, it's cozy. It was a cozy house. Uh, I want to talk, though, about what happened on the road, because today the uh, topic of this episode is near-death experiences, not just real-life ones, but also with deals, right? There's a lot of deals that have been probably near-death on life support, and something had to happen at the last second to save the deal from happening, not just in real estate, in any job any relationship really 
but you were actually in it. Was it? Am I over exaggerating when I call it a near death experience? Did you feel like uh, your this plane you were in with Mr. Wonderful was going to go down? What what exactly happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the case. First of all, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm kind of scared of flying. Okay, I'm kind of scared of flying, and yes, I'm on flights all the time. I hate turbulence, and this is going to sound so wrong, but we took a private jet, but it was a very small private jet. I saw the picture of it, and it was you. It's six people total. Six total, and it looked crowded with and, the Yeah, sets. and most people would say, oh my God, a private jet, what are you complaining about? I... I would rather fly commercial yes. than private on a six-person jet. And, uh, you know, I'm there. I'm FaceTiming my wife. Mr. Wonderful is calling me names uh, <laughs> because uh, he's seeing me, like, start to freak out. And I'm holding on so hard to the seats. My knuckles are turning white. This is before takeoff even? No, this is as we're taking off and as we're in the air. And it was only a 45-minute flight, which is why we did it. And... Uh, I mean, I got out of that little puddle jumper and I kissed the concrete. You felt, I mean, that that's how nervous you get in those situations. I get, yeah, I'm super nervous. Uh, it's, because it's funny, people look at you, I would imagine, right? They see you speak in front of tons of people. I don't know what it is every year, but it's tens of thousands of people at this point. You do the book tours, you're on the TV show. That stuff doesn't seem to make you nervous, but then you hop on an airplane that bounces around for 40 minutes above, uh, where were you this time, Cincinnati? But wait, but I, I like to look at it as something deeper, okay? Let's peel back the layers, Yeah, because you have no control. I'm out of control. Yeah. That's the issue. If I'm flying the plane, right. it's not a big deal. And I will tell you, I've done a couple things to try to get past my fear of flying. So I uh, did skydiving. I skydove. Sky Were you dove? scared about that? Sky Dove or Sky Dive? Uh, how long ago did you do it? 20 years ago. Sky Dove. I Sky Dove. Really? <laughs> I don't think sky, so. Sky Dive. I, I did skydiving. I did skydiving. Do you do skydiving? Wait, well, wait, wait. Do you Can have we a Google guy, this? Did you have a guy strapped to you? or did yes. you go? Yeah, did yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you had someone strapped to you. So technically... He did the skydiving, and you <laughs> I just did the screaming. And you just, yeah, you were just strapped to a man screaming. Is really what <laughs> so, you did. So I did that. Uh, it was scary, but it was the coolest thing ever. Uh, but that did not help with your fear did of flying. I got invited to fly with the Air Force Thunderbirds. Wow! Which very few people ever get to experience. It was I, I, somebody, uh, a, a friend of mine now. Over at uh, uh, over at that organization, said, "Hey, Josh, uh, do you want to come and, and and fly in an F-16?" Now, of course, I look at my brother. I'm like, "Oh my God, there's no way I'm going to fly in an F-16. Uh, it's going to be scary as hell." And we we thought about it, and maybe this is a way to get over my fear of flying. Right, because if you're in an F-16, then all of a sudden flying United doesn't feel so scary. Right, that's what I was thinking. So we get in the F-16 and we take off, and it's a slowly rise, and then all of a sudden we shoot up. I'm telling you, it was the craziest thing in the world. So we ended up going the sp supersonic, the speed. So the sound. the, oh, the, was the speed of sound. The speed of sound is what I went in that. And so we went the uh, supersonic, and it also, we hit 7.9 Gs. Oh, my God. So I'm wearing a G suit. <laughs> so you can't breathe when you're doing that. They actually teach you how to breathe. Uh, and you have to take these like little breaths, like, and uh, it was unbelievable. And I didn't pass out. I didn't throw up. At one point, uh, my eyes started to black out a little bit, but uh, we had stopped turning right before I did officially black out. But also, that did not help with your fear of flying. No, but I got some really cool footage 
that I still can use for Instagram oh, today. Oh, great. Well, that's what <laughs> it makes it all worth it then. It was so, me and Josh Dumel. Oh, really? That day. In the plane together? No, no. He went right after me. So two of the world's most famous Joshes, <laughs> and you got to go first before Josh Dumel. Uh, did, did, uh, have you tried hypnosis yet? Uh, no, because when I'm under, you never know who's going to mess with me. That's the thing. I keep waiting for you to <laughs> I just keep waiting for me to get the call. He agreed to it. He's doing it on Tuesday. Be there by noon, and I can go in there and throw in some things. Every time you hear a dog wait bark. Wait in line. Wait in line, Every time Kevin. you hear a dog bark, you give your buddy Kevin $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is uh, All Dollars No Sense. That is Josh Altman. Uh, my name is Kevin Klein. We sit around, talk about real estate, real life, et cetera. Thanks for checking us out. Live by Live, powered by Slacker. Of course, if you upgrade, you get all the shows, including the past library. At this point, we've done probably about 20 of these things. You get bonus episodes as well and access to uh, future events. Uh, Josh has uh, been nice enough to give some autographed books to listeners before, meet them for lunches, etc. By the way, I wanted to mention this, but you and I both donated something recently to a charity. I know you're a very charitable guy. Anytime I can be, for sure. A guy that we went to college with, mutual acquaintance, I would say not friend, uh, hit us both up and said, hey, uh, I'm doing this charity thing to raise money. Could you donate something that we can auction off. You donated a uh, a lunch with you, I believe. Yeah, pa- power lunch with Josh Altman uh, and, at a Beverly Hills hot spot. And you pay for the lunch and everything? For sure. Okay. I donated a, uh, a rock and roll concert with 10 bands, including some major artists like Snoop Dogg and oh, nice. the Lumineers. And I offered, uh, my, my package included me, a VIP experience, the bands, etc. I found out what the final tallies were for my item and your item. Well, I can't wait to hear this. What was yours? So the one I donated, which is way better, raised a thousand dollars. What did I? Lunch with you. I have, by the way, I don't know this. You don't know this yet? No, I've just been so what do you, busy. What do you think lunch with you is worth? A power I, well, lunch with I, you? I, I have an idea because uh, I. I've done this many times. But I've the auction th- is closed now. So right. the, the, the winner is excited. They're going to, I don't know if you've had the lunch yet or not. No, not yet. They paid $5,000. Come on. $5,000. So I'm thinking to myself, in my head, I go, I got 10 rock and roll bands, a VIP experience, going to meet. A lunch with Josh Altman is worth five times what this is. Just gives you an idea of uh, our places, I guess. But that gives you an idea how screwed up our country is. <laughs> hey, look, someone paid five. Someone paid five thousand dollars. I know. Yes, the money goes to a great cause. Yeah, are you um, kidding me? It's amazing. But regardless, someone paid five thousand dollars to have lunch with you, pick your brain, and probably try to shill you on their mortgage company. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> By the way, that's what I can offer. If I could offer something else, I would. I feel like the power lunch, because let's talk about this for a second. Yeah, yeah. I would like to offer the coolest experience that I could give to somebody. Why don't you give someone uh, flying around in the G6? For an hour or something, right? right. right? And uh, I don't know. I feel like that's what people would be attracted to. Yes. You know, as something with big houses, something with the power lunch, or, you know, something to go with the show. What you should give next time is you should say they can sit in one of your open houses on a Sunday and when they have to wait for <laughs> potential buyers to go by. That's <laughs> great. Open houses are three hours. Yeah, they yeah. can sit at that house for three hours, three hours while I go home with my family. And sign people in and uh, just basically do the job and they pay <laughs> they money for that. They think they're getting an experience. That's, that, that's, that's actually a good idea. But they're I'm really sh- doing my job. I love it. I'm shocked you haven't thought to do that yourself. Yeah. Uh, I, I did want to talk about this concept of near-death experiences as it applies to deals, right? Times when things were done, it seems like on your on, on million dollar listing, every deal is about to fall apart. 
until the last second, and then it's not. And I'm sure there's some TV magic there. But in your line of work and in big deals, and we've talked about this before, it's not just houses now. you got people that want to sell a gas station, they call you. Someone that's got a wants to sell a, a marijuana rail. growing facility. Yeah, they're right. Get that yeah. one a lot these days. What... Um, when deals are almost dead, when they are, when they are like, when you're like, this is done. It seemed like everything was going well. That the parties walk away. There's someone tries to happen an hour and a half ago. What is the, if you can think of the nearest death deal, like a dead deal that you had to either bring back from the ground, or what are some general tips, things that happen when you need to resuscitate a deal? All right, so uh, a couple deals I'm actually uh, uh, in the midst of doing right now. Uh, a couple hours ago, I get a call. We already had opened escrow, you know, agreed on to a price. Uh, we did inspections. I represent the seller. Uh, somebody else represents the buyer. You know, there are a few things wrong with the house. Nothing major. Let's call it $100,000. You know, it's a $7.5 million house. Okay, so if they ask for $100,000 credit, $120,000 credit, no problem, or we'll try to fix it. We agreed to fix the whole thing. The buyer came back and said, I want a $400,000 credit, Oh, which doesn't make sense, which leads me to believe that the buyer never uh, intended on purchasing it or thought that at the last second they might get a deal because they locked the house up long enough. So first of all, first thing you got to do is you got to put your egos aside because the initial reaction when somebody asks for something that's so outrageous or is about to kill a deal, you think of the time that you've put into that deal. That has gone and now has been completely wasted. And you've said before, sometimes not just time. I mean, sometimes you have put tens of thousands of, of dollars of your own money to advertise the house, yep. stage the house, uh, set up open houses. It's it's people. It's your employees. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of money. And, and if someone's going to go ahead and try to be do something like that at the end, you have to think to yourself, this could... I don't end up losing just the commission of this house. I end up losing the all the money I put into trying to market yeah, it. Yeah, not only that, you now have a, a, a seller right. that is basing his value of his house on his previous offer if that offer doesn't go through. So he might think his house is worth more because we've already been at, in escrow at a certain price where maybe it should never have been in at that price. Yeah, You never know. But so the first thing you got to do is you got to put your ego aside. Egos are good as far as confidence in doing what you do well. Uh, egos are bad in situations when someone does something stupid, and the first thing you want to do, them is, do is tell them to pound sand uh, in not such a nice way. So that's number one. When you get to a point where you think everything's a done deal, everyone's happy, you're already on the phone with your client, you say this is looking great, they've agreed to everything, and then someone pulls a move like this. It, does it bother you uh, personally or just professionally? Yeah, well, it bothers me both. I've learned a long time ago not to speak before you physically have something in writing. Uh, I used to call clients and say, oh, my God, we had a great showing. Uh, we're supposed to get an offer. The agent said they're going right now to write an offer. And then you call your clients and they're expecting an offer and you don't get the offer. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what's happening? Oh, well, they want to think about it. Oh, they saw another house. And you look stupid. So you got to be smart with that, and so I don't typically say anything uh, until I have it in front of me signed off on. Are you superstitious like that, or is it just because— Well, no, you just learn, because how many times are you going to have egg on your face? Right. But uh, the other thing that you got to do, what I feel in in emergency real estate situations, is you, it's not a phone call. you got to get face-to-face -face with, uh, with your client, and it also helps sometimes, sometimes it does not— 
But like tomorrow, for instance, I have a meeting with the seller and buyer in the same room with their agent and me. And we're going to sit there and we're going to try and hash it out. Because sometimes you got to get the human beings in a room and they see people face to face. And it's not just a number that it's actually a person behind that number. And maybe that will work towards your advantage. And I got to tell you, sometimes it's not. But it's a hell of a lot better to take the chance than the deal to die. Do people have tells? Like like if they're at a poker table, you're sitting around in a room face-to-face. You see them say, that's it. That's our best and final. And you can kind of at this point size up. That's definitely not their best and final. They could do better. Like I would imagine people bluff they have it's, it's very it, it is like gambling. I mean, it's the part of the job that i think you like the most right yeah so yes you're probably right well the part of my job i like the most is being able to pass over the key and seeing the smile on someone's face after i just negotiated an incredible deal for their home mm-hmm. uh that's the best part the the mind games the chess game the gambling uh is definitely a high part of the deal uh and is it something that you know i like to think that i'm very good at yes for sure uh, I like calling bluffs. I like taking the chances, but you can only do that so much. I can go on to, for, uh, I can go on with that for a long time. But you know, best and finals. What does that mean? Absolutely nothing. It's only yeah, your it's- best and final if it's your best and final. But I always counter people back. They say best and final five million. I'm like. Okay, well, I'm still going to counter you back, and then you can tell me it's your best and final again, but I'm not not going to counter you back. It's such a funny power phrase that only is in real estate, but I would (laughs) like to hear that in other places as well. No, like with my wife. Yes. Where are we eating? (laughs) We're going to Chaconi's, best and final. Right, right. Cheesecake Factory, best and final. (laughs) 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 You just figure it out. It's it's such like a crazy, bold term. You're you're saying uh, this is the absolute best it's going to get, and I'm done negotiating at this point. You have to go go play with Lexi at 5.45 in the morning because she woke up early. I'll do it tonight. Uh, I'll do it in this this morning, but tomorrow morning you're going to do it. Best and final. Best and final. Once you throw it out there, it's like it's, uh, done. it's, it's done. That's it. It's, it's it's you know what? If you take anything from this episode or anything from this show, all dollars no sense. Start using the phrase best and final yeah, more try often. Yeah, it. If it doesn't work, just don't say where you learned it from. Uh, and if it does work, let us know how you used it, where you used it. Uh, that is Josh Altman right there, Kevin Klein right here. This is a show called All Dollars No Sense. Thanks for checking us out. As always, uh, you can uh, share this with other people, let them know about it. You can spread the word. You can subscribe, and uh, you get all. All the past episodes where uh, Josh covers all sorts of things, especially in those bonus episodes. Uh, I love co- those bonus episodes. Yeah, the uh, deal sweeteners. Why uh, would you not want to hear the bonus episodes? Get to hear Josh and his brother talk about uh, which one of them is a better Altman. Uh, there's so many reasons to check it out. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We appreciate it, as always. Uh, continue to spread the word. For all things Josh Altman, find him on the uh, on the socials. Be one of his half a million. Whoa. Followers. Oh, yeah, I hit 500,000, by the way. On the Instagram. Find him there. That's why I said it. We should sell. Where are the balloons? I thought we had balloons in here. No, we'll uh, just use the emoji balloons. We'll just use emojis. Uh, find him at the Josh Altman. Of course, the YouTube channel is continuing to grow in popularity as well. So if you uh, do not have your fix between uh, episodes of. Uh, million Dollar Listen? No, Million Dollar Listing? That's the name of the show. Here, uh, you don't have your fix between there. You can check it out. And uh, find us here again for another episode very soon. All dollars, no cents. That's Josh Altman. I'm Kevin Klein. Bye. Wait, and we'll leave you with this. Oh, yeah. You ready? Go ahead. If you don't come back and listen to All Dollars No Sense, this is your best and final. Oh, bold close. (laughs) Thanks for listening to All Dollars No Sense. Look for another new episode next week. And for access to the entire show archive, plus bonus members-only content and a bump up to Slacker Plus with no ads ever, click the upgrade button.
Thanks again from Josh and Kevin and your friends at Slacker Radio.